listening to the Create Smarter Podcast. I'm the host for this episode, Kyle, and I'm joined by my two buddies, Connor and Tyler. How's it going, boys? Doing very good. How about yourself? I can't complain. It's a good time right now here at Five Tool. We're having a blast. Uh, so we've done some pretty interesting stuff, but most of the things that we're doing are very kind of set in stages and little locations that are kind of already been there. But the reason we're having an episode today is to talk about one of the most, I would have to say, interesting locations we have ever streamed. And I'm putting streams in all caps from because we streamed from a parking lot recently for one of our really, really, really cool hybrid events. So the RISD commencement, right? That's what it is, Tyler? Or what was it considered officially? So, RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design, their inauguration of a brand new president. So they brought in, like you said, in a parking lot. So for the folks that don't know where RISD is, so you'll hear us say RISD. RISD is the Rhode Island School of Design, a prestigious school for design. But the school is located in the heart of Providence, downtown Providence. Their campus, like many inner city schools, um, spans several blocks <laughs> in, right, right. in the, uh, the city itself. So when they came to us, <clears throat> they were looking for to try to make it an inclusive event, and you'll hear that a, a couple of times throughout this conversation, but an inclusive event that really showed the community as a whole in Providence, usually for their commencement when people are kids are graduating. They've done that at the, I think it's the Dunkin' Donuts Center, which mm -hmm. is, um, you know, just a, a big giant venue, but that's nowhere near campus, right? Mm. So they really wanted to make sure that everything was happening on campus. So they came to us and said, we basically want to have five, six different stages. Right. How can we do this? So that's what we kind of collaborated on and put it together for their inauguration of a brand new president. Now, it's interesting. I mean, for that type of movement, for something in a downtown location, how much time did you need kind of pre-show? Like, what, talk to me through the timeline of how everything went down, because it, it is shutting down streets. I mean, we witnessed it, right? It was yeah. it was a lot of police uh, presence to kind of handle all the stuff. But it, like you said, it was gorgeous. It was a beautiful day for us at the shoot. Where it was located was so cool. You're on the water. You're seeing that like in Providence had a very had an energy, had a vibe to it all. But talk to me about the work that goes into leading up to something that that's that cool of an event. Yeah, and I can't speak to too much of like the police and how they how they worked with the commissioner. Yeah, exactly. You know, trying to make some. Can we shut down these streets at different times? Um, wasn't really necessarily part of that, but what I worked on really was they came and they said, look, our campus is on South Water Street um, and on Main Street. It's basically between these two, you know, picturesque streets in downtown Providence. On one side is all along the Providence River, which goes right into the Atlantic Ocean, which is just, it's stunning for anybody that's been down or hasn't been down to Providence before. In the summertime, they do a thing called the Water Fire, where there's actually bowls of fire along the Providence River that they light up for people to come and see. So they wanted to try to incorporate that kind of feel to a feel and vibe as a whole to the inauguration so what we did was we looked at it and said okay well here are the different types of stages and mm -hmm. we'll call them stages and tents that we could go ahead and have for the event itself and you know working back I mean it was four five six months in the making since we first started had the initial conversation to the time that we actually know <laughs> went live on stage things that kind of came about were what type of tent how big of a tent we talk about they actually had a few different tents on campus but the one that we're referencing was an they landed on an 80 by 250 foot pole tent right so think of a tent that you might have attended at a wedding for on steroids right it right. was just when you went in there especially when we first got in there and it was empty 
it was massive and it was scary how big this thing was because it was there to basically hold a thousand people inside of a pole tent, which was incredible. So we worked out, I think when all was said and done, it was probably four or five months out in advance of the actual event. And <clears throat> we didn't do really any pre-recording. This was just planning and preparation of getting things lined up with what type of lighting are we going to have? Are we going to have things like captions? And we'll talk about that a little bit. Where the d other tents, what time are people going to be coming to and from? What type of playlist, the different music that's going to be played in these other rooms when really nothing else is going on. So just all the teeny tiny little details um, to making sure that everything was <laughs> crossed and dotted by the end of it when it came time to. Oh, and there was so many. I mean, just experiencing it from more of a, I was just kind of help at that event, but seeing it from that side, I mean, the amount of little I's you had to dot and T's you had to cross was amazing. But I mean, like you said, the reason we were brought in as a video production company was the inclusivity. And that's really where we help, right? I mean, not everyone can be in Providence, especially RISD that wanted to see this commencement of their new president because her her presence was awesome. Her mm -hmm. speech, everything we got to see. The vibe was, as a the, whole was yeah. awesome. It was so It was really like a celebrity. Cool. It was in like, when yeah. they came in, I, we didn't really know what it was, but everyone in that tent knew who she was and right. was happy she was there. Oh, and she was awesome. I mean, we loved every, I know you were best friends with her by the end of it, which was awesome. <laughs> She's you were, my buddy. Yeah, Absolutely. you were giving her the Beyonce mic, but back to the whole inclusivity. Talk a little bit about what they were trying to achieve. I mean, uh, uh, inclusivity to our audience could be multiple things, but RISD really kind of, I would have to say from my perspective, went above and beyond, which is more where you're going to see more and more clients going because it isn't just about that one event happening there. It's including everyone globally that wants to be involved in this type of stuff. It, it was trying to make it available and accessible for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. That was the goal. Whether you were in person, we, they wanted to make sure that they could try to get everybody involved so they can see things, so they could hear things, so that in case they were um, uh, hearing impaired, they could also make sure that they had ASL, which you and I talked about beforehand, yeah. or if they could have some of the uh, captions that happen to be up on stage. And we could talk about the process and the tech that was involved with that. But also the streaming portion of it was because they wanted to make sure that one, students inside their rooms and apartments on campus could see it. Friends and family could then see it far and wide. And then alums, mm -hmm of this prestigious school could also then see and, and welcome folks as well. So part of it was streaming it out. So we had to make sure that we had internet from a parking lot, we right. could talk, you know, going into the tech side of things, power and internet are something that parking lots don't really have. We had to bring those things in. Um, <clears throat> but w in order to do that, we, the whole reasoning behind it was to just include everybody. So people could share in the celebration and be excited. Now there were even talks at one point of having um, translations inside there but you know at a certain point you, you start to look at okay what does this cost and there are costs associated with all these types of things so we had to say okay here are the the guidelines of what we're living in and trying to be compliant with the the school's rules and regulation that they've set into place which captions are the number one thing especially when it comes to events i mean it's interesting too you think about well where do you bring in tech and then where do you rely on tech for the audience itself mm -hmm. right i mean we look at what Zoom provides in terms of closed captioning, what YouTube, what most of these things are starting to do with auto-generated closed captioning in other languages too. I know that's something that you and Phil have probably talked about on previous episodes and something we as a group always kind of talk about of what the audience is actually listening. How are they watching this? How do they consume the content, which is always an interesting thing. But let's talk about the content. You, you hinted at it a little bit. It's in a tent, you brought power and internet. What were we, like we were streaming out the commencement. What did that consist of for the audience listening? 
So for the audience listening, it was, I mean, you can actually speak to it probably better than anybody because you were the one that was actually in it. You're asking me the questions. I'm laughing like, wait a minute, Kyle was the one that actually put that to stream together. So while I was, in fact, you know, pressing the button to make sure that it was streaming out and helping with the producing side, you were doing all the switching. So what was actually on See, I'm, I'm going back to the, the host rule. Right? Congrats. Well, the, the student becomes the master in this sense. Uh, but I'm going to just double pivot and go to Connor, actually, Shoot. because um, – what I was seeing was a really interesting, right? It, the commencement, it was a, a ceremony from the higher ed perspective. They had a lot of pomp and circumstance that was occurring, but capturing that was fascinating because you had all these uh, robed figures is the way I was able to see it. But I understand right. that like there's different things that they're showcasing and stuff like that, but a lot of fun energy, a live band, not like yeah. a band, but a brass band, walking them in, so much energy and walking through. And then a lot of kind of sessions talking, but there was so much happiness and energy that you were capturing. Talk to me a little bit, Connor, kind of running that, because you were sort of on the floor of the thousand person tent. Like we were, Tyler and I were at kind of at a higher level, mm. like a stage looking down at everything for the production side, but you were running the show. What were you trying to capture? How are you kind of capturing all the energy? Because I mean, that's been the word we've said a lot, it's vibe, that kind of positive attitude that was occurring in that tent. What were you doing from the floor manager kind of point of view? I was really, um, you know, just trying to be in a helping hand wherever I could be. Um, we call it playing center field, I believe. And, and I was kind of just out on the floor, you know, trying to stay out of the way of the audience, but just make sure all of our, um, you know, camera operators or if they needed help, I could run out and get them. Um, we had a part at the beginning, you mentioned a live band. We had a procession kind of come in uh, from the street, you know, come into the tent. There was a live band. And it was great. The energy was incredible. Uh, we had Marissa out with, with, with a wireless camera that was sending back to your switcher. Um, so she could get the, the procession coming in, and they loved it, and they played right to the camera, you know, pointing, waving, all that stuff, so we talk about interacting with the, the hybrid audience. Um, and then as that kind of came through, we had our other uh, camera operators on, you know, uh, on, on pedestals, I guess, and, and so they could get the height and just show the, really capture the entire um, vast space of this giant tent, um, but also when the, the, you know, procession got to the stage, you could capture all everything at different angles, um, and I would say it, it was incredible. The we haven't really talked about the stage yet, but we had giant LED screens behind it. And right. and the tough part for us, and we were all on comms, was uh, when you're shooting at a stage where your feed is is playing back. Uh, Brooklyn and David had a hard time, you know, or, or their main challenge was to try to capture what was going on stage without doubling, getting that crazy, you know, like uh, infinity wall, infinity yeah. wall. And so so it was it was you know our camera operators are trying to capture the vibe the feel and everything like that at the same time trying to make sure that the people at home didn't have you know vertigo while watching this weird inception <laughs> type feel yeah. right so it was uh so my part was very very fun just having being like you know you need anything let me help let me go readjust the camera let me go grab you something um and i should also mention we had michelle on um pointed directly at the asl translator which right. i think was a really cool i haven't really seen that any other event mm -hmm. we've done um you know, the in-room captions was really cool to see, and I think it really worked and helped, but the ALS translator had its own dedicated camera that was on its own dedicated feed to the stream. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the captions, but first, before we move off, I want to talk to me a little bit about the approach, right? For the most part, as a flower manager, a lot of times you're trying to make sure you're capturing what's being said, when the slides are up, how do you make sure all the camera, but the additional thing for this is you were trying to capture the, the event, 
So what's going in your mindset? How do you approach that differently than maybe just a regular conference that's in a stage or even in like a conference, like a show floor? What are you doing differently? How are you kind of capturing that? How do you anticipate where the show's going, where the energy's going to be, where people are interacting and stuff? What were you doing, Connor? Yeah, um, I mean, luckily, luckily for us, it was a pretty, um, at least the first part, was a pretty standu- standard uh, inauguration where it was like, okay, they're going to come in, someone's going to be at a podium, and there's people beside it. So I think we had... You know, you kind of try to lay out roles before the event starts, and you go, okay, camera one, you're going to be primarily on this person on the, on the podium and whoever's speaking. Camera two, we're going to have you switch from, you know, A to B, but mostly if, if there's reactions from the people uh, besides the podium, we might have to, t- you know, turn you and get to the crowd because, again, we want to capture the room, want to capture the audience, want to capture that energy. Um, so if, if the stage doesn't necessarily need three cameras, and I mentioned before, Mercer was off to the side with a wireless, we could say, Marissa, break real quick, come down to the front, wrap around, and, and try to get some of the you know, reactions, the shock, the ah, the claps, the laughter. Um, and then at one point, even they had Q&A, which was, which was cool, so we could kind of uh, turn the cameras. And, and so I think what I'm trying to say is, is having that ability to have freedom in your camera operators, whether they're stuck on sticks or they're wireless, um, gives the virtual audience a really good feel of what the people in person are experiencing. That's what I was just, if I can add on that, because I think you're spot on, because anybody can come in and take a camera and point it at the stage. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to have this person speak, then this person speak, then this person speak. But the thing that I think our team did really well on site for this event specifically was get some of those cutaways, right? right? Those moments of levity, those moments of expression, of reactions from the crowd, from uh, Crystal herself, who Crystal was the uh, the new president, mm-hmm. right? When people were coming up and basically before she took the stage and took the, the podium, several people came up before her and were, you know, just singing her praises Waxing essentially lyrical. at the end of the day. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but having kind of those reactionary shots to show her as she shakes her head and mm-hmm. says thank you and you know wipes her eye for, with a tissue. You know, those moments are what bring the event to life on a live stream for the folks at home that are watching, right? Exactly, right. and that's what my thought was, is just like you were helping someone who's sitting there in their college dorm really get the feel that we were getting from sitting because we're sitting there watching you're watching crystal cry there you're watching them talk about her outfit how amazing it is yeah, and it was something right. that hit all of us we're like oh my god she looks <laughs> she this, this was designed by someone at the school right, right? Yeah. and then, and then oh, we yeah. show the person that designed it right exactly. it's all, all those, those little things, things yeah, you and the together. audience would be looking at this because you could be able to feel it and that's kind of the cool thing the difference the approach that we take that i really love here at five tools how are you able to make a live event that's currently happening in a parking lot <laughs> Really feel like you were there, and, and not, not make it look like it's a parking lot. No right. one, no one in the dorm room knew no. <laughs> outside of the lines on the ground, <laughs> yeah. right? When yeah, you yeah, actually no look down, you say, "Oh, this is a spot." Yeah, right? between the yeah. mustard and mayo. I heard exactly. recently. Um, yep. But I want to now. Let's go. I'm going to break our necks in this kind of transition. But I want to talk about the captions because Tyler, I found that to be one of the more fascinating things. Usually, uh, in kind of video production, especially in the smaller scale, uh, what a lot of audience have to do. Um, they're relying on the technology that their users have, right? We couldn't do that because as we said, we were in a parking lot with giant LEDs and yes, the live stream audience had that stuff, but we still need to provide accessibility to everyone in that room. So talk to me about how we were able to provide that for the um, handicapped, I don't know how to say it, but the hard of hearing, the everyone that was involved mm-hmm. that wasn't- Folks that needed it. Folks right? that needed right. it, yes. So talk so to it me. it was interesting, right? So. You know, we, we've all grown up over the course of the last couple of years within Zoom that has things like automated captions. Mm-hmm. YouTube has automated captions. When you turn on your television, the captions are just there, right? Mm-hmm. 
this is a little bit of a different situation because one, they need to be incredibly accurate. And two, they need to be almost real time because mm -hmm. you don't want it to be, you know, speaking and then have some sort of lag and say, wait a minute, I'm reading this. What are they saying? And then not being able to actually pay attention. Because if you actually look, it's not necessarily the folks that are completely deaf. It's the folks that are hard of hearing, right? right. So they can still hear. They just need it as a supportive element, right? So the thing that we utilized in this, so EEG is what we use typically use for our captions services. And they have um, their falcon is what it's called. And I'm just getting with the technical terms right now. To, right. So I'm trying to break, break it, it down. down here. Yeah, exactly. Notes. So this they, all they, in the description they have their, their EEG falcon that they that we leverage a lot of times on site for just their automated captions that will go out to a, a live stream, whether it's on YouTube, Vimeo, wherever it may be. For this event specifically, we actually had to bring in a piece of hardware, which was called AI Media's iCap encoder. So basically what we would do with this is we would take a feed from the switcher, right. which was the video feed. We'd send it into this encoder. On the other end, somewhere unbeknownst to us, there is actually a stenographer. So think of a court stenographer, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> stenographer sitting in a remote location, listening in. They can actually hear it in just about real time because it sends the audio very quickly to them. Wow. They are actually sitting there typing it in. We are then taking that feed and it pairs it with our video and sending it to the screens in the room. So that is actually how everything was working. And we could then send it to the room, but we could also send it to the live feed. So we didn't have to double up our efforts. Right. Um, utilizing our account because we've worked with EG for you know a couple of years now. Um, but that is how it worked at the end of the day. It was It's one of those things that's a little bit tricky when you're testing to make sure that someone's logging in, you get them the, the proper names, the correct spelling of all the names. And of course, when you're leveraging a real person, they're just like you know when using automation, there are going to be mistakes no right, matter right. what. People are going to miss things. But the beauty of it is that you know if you wanted to, you could have somebody go back and go ahead and make updates to it mm -hmm. as well. But that was the process. We used hardware, we used software, and we used uh, someone sitting in a remote location that was listening in um, to go ahead and type up those captions for us. That is fascinating. That's I mean, crazy. I, I know it's one of those things that I think that we, we start to experience a lot mm -hmm. of. People take it for granted, like you said. Mm -hmm. Zoom, YouTube, Facebook, they all provide auto caption. So people take it for granted, but it has its flaws. We we're aware of stuff, the spelling, all that. It's it's AI generated, so it can only be so great mm -hmm. as people can also have its flaws. But the fact that we we're able to get a piece of hardware again in a parking lot, I think that we can't stress that enough. Have someone that's nowhere near this listening in real time and like from the stage point of view, you had no idea of the amount of Techno like complex technology that was actually happening at this one yeah. thing. Well, like we said, th there was no such thing as power or internet in that parking lot, <laughs> right. right? So we brought in a 45 kilowatt um, whisper watt generator. So it's a generator that has enough power to generate massive LED screens, a, a lot of technology and a lot of lighting but at the same time be incredibly quiet so it doesn't distract people and doesn't create a lot of noise uh, pollution inside of the, the city. We had to bring in internet, right? There's no such thing as just a 5,000 foot cable that you can go ahead and run for internet. So we actually brought in, a, which we've done that. We've, no, we have, done that. not 5,000, but yeah. Um, but you know, we brought in a, a bonded internet solution. So we had, uh, think of the SIM card that's in your cell phone. We had six SIM cards from three different cell phone carriers. Verizon, Sprint, and T-Mobile all bonded together to create one great, you know, big pipe. So think of it, if every single one of them have, you know, six little pipes that comes together, creates one big, big pipe, pipe, right? 
that way we can go ahead and have you know a stable internet connection and to be honest with you it was great we were getting about 15 to 17 megabit per second upload right. which is what we need on our end yeah. which is perfect to get the, the stream out i will say there was at some points there was some interference so our connection dropped off a little bit but we were still able to go ahead and, and put together a perfect stream with it which was it's just wild to think about how far technology has come. That's what I was going to say. It's going to be, I mean, you and I have been doing productions for 10, 15, like a, a couple of We've years. We've been live streaming we, since before Facebook had video. Yeah. Right? That's the way I like to put it. Bam. It is chaos. It's crazy of how far technology has come. Mm -hmm. I think, if anything, my lessons learned from this are the, really the impossible is possible at this point. Like the technology really allows you to be able to do a thousand person tent in the middle of a parking lot streamed around the world with closed captions done by an individual that's not actually there. I mean, we really Shout sit down and think person. about this stuff. It is <laughs> If you insane. drew it on a whiteboard, you wouldn't believe it, you, right? You like this person yeah, is there. This up. Yeah. All the red lines with the time <laughs> Exactly. Around. We'll have a bunch of, it would be Pepe Sylvia Pepe everywhere, Pepe right? Pepe Sylvia, <laughs> in a parking lot. But it's awesome that we're able to pull this off, and I think it, it takes a trusted partner. So, I mean, if that's the biggest takeaway I have is why why a trusted video partner that actually can help you achieve these types of visions is so valuable. I mean, what, what was the client's reaction post the event? What How did they... What, what was kind of the sentiment where they to be honest with you their their sentiment was oh, yeah. <laughs> it's done oh my right? god the insane it's idea a, we came up with actually worked a, a load up because that, that's lot. really what it is I mean if you think about if anybody that's you know planned or been to a wedding right that's that's something that happens every single day. Mm -hmm. This was something that doesn't happen all the time, nope. right? Events like this don't just happen and it takes a lot of people, a lot of people working together. So my biggest takeaway is it, it really takes the, the communication process needs to have every single person on board, understand what's going on and people that are really paying attention to those minuscule details and raising their hand if they don't understand something. So if there's somebody that you come back and say, have you thought about doing it this way? Because I don't know if it's going to work. Those types of questions, those types of moments of pause, give everybody a second to say, let's rethink this and let's do this in a more efficient manner. You can never make an assumption. Not on something like this, you no. always got to ask. Connor, take away from you from the point of view of producing a room and how you kind of capture it from that, especially when it's not just people going up and doing a talk at a podium. How, right. What kind of takeaways did you have? What have you taken into the recent productions we've been doing based off of your experience here? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, maybe even subconsciously, but, but like we talked about, capturing the energy in that room um, is so important for the experience of the virtual viewer. Um, if you know they can't be there, maybe they want it to be really bad, but they just couldn't make it, or they you know it's too much bass or whatever. They can still have as much fun, or as much as they can, as a, as much as we can allow them to, um, as the person who was in person at, at that event. Um, so that I think was our number one goal, and I think we really you know knocked out of the park as, as to best of our ability, um, and that speaks to the you know five tool guarantee of our, our great teamwork. I think <laughs> especially on site that day. Um, it's just everybody is a well-oiled machine. Everyone knows the mission. Everyone kind of, you know, communications are tight, and uh, it all worked out in the end. That we understood the assignment. We understood the uh -huh. assignment. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you off. guys, I mean, it was truly one of the the really cool brag about it. Yeah. Like we we're about to approach Thanksgiving and family times, right? We're gonna hit the bar with all our old friends. It was one of those productions. We're like, dude, we were in the middle of Providence <laughs> streaming. It was such a cool mm -hmm. thing. Uh, Tyler, uh, like I can only, I mean, you're the owner, so I don't know why I'm saying any of this, but like, it was awesome that you like the, the work you took on and all the project management for this was incredible. Super cool to kind of be able to be a part of that experience. Connor hearing and watching you kind of produce from the stage was awesome. And I mean, 
uh, hopefully next year we get to keep building on this type of stuff, but that's all I got. I mean, the, the whole goal of it, right, is to show that we could do awesome events, yeah, exactly. right? At the end of the day, and to, to Connor's point, we can bring people that are remote to the event without having to fly them in. And uh, I think we're, we're showing that more and more um, within our capabilities, and it's a lot of fun. We can help with the audience that's not even listening with audio, which is becoming mm -hmm. the biggest trend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's definitely something we can talk about in the yep. future. But, definitely. yep, for Kyle McNaught, this has been the Create Smarter Podcast. Thanks for listening.